Shaggy, Uncle Scooby, look what I found. What is it, Scrappy? Yo! I found the fuse box, Uncle Scooby. I know I would. I found it. Yikes! This isn't the fuse box. Like, that's a coffin. A coffin? No kidding. What's a coffin? Well, for one thing, vampire-type kooks like to take naps in them. <laughs> Vampires? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. Christina is my guest this week, and the episode that we are discussing is... uh, Scooby and Scrappy-Doo, Season 2, Episode 1, which is a collection of three shorts whose titles in full are A Close Encounter with a Strange Kind, A Fit Night Out for Bats, and The Chinese Food Factory. Um, (laughs) This is, of course, uh, Week 2 in Vampiral, a full month of vampire-themed episodes, of which this one legally counts. (laughs) (laughs) And what a what a great episode! <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, Nina, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, welcome, welcome. <clears throat> um, thank you for agreeing to do this. You know, of course. I, there's <laughs> nothing excites me more than to delve into the episodes of Scooby Doo with no mysteries that are yeah. just mostly <laughs> them running around. It's exactly what everyone loves about the show. Um, you know, I give you two options because we're doing vampire episodes and there's only so many left. So it's like you can do either uh you know be cool Scooby Doo, which is I didn't mention that, that one's a mystery, but you know, you when you Go into Scooby Doo. You assume first and foremost it's going to be a mystery, sure. um, or we could do Scrappy Doo, uh, and you very we're very excited about doing Scrappy Doo. Um, well, I feel like people do. Do people not like Scrappy Doo? Is that the thing? Is that they it's, think it's he's- very famously that is the thing with Scrappy Doo? Yeah, because like you know, I don't mind him. That I don't know if I can say I like him. Sure, but you know, like he just. Especially, I think, in these specific episodes, which for some reason have eschewed everyone else in the Scooby-Doo <laughs> universe other than Gooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy. I think that when you have that dynamic where Scrappy is the only one who does not like actively run away from things, that that maybe makes it better. Right, right. And he, um, you know, he has puppy power. He does have puppy power, it's true. Uh, you know, like, this is a thing, I always say this, but like, Scrappy-Doo, I don't like Scrappy-Doo, but I think that a lot of the general um, like animosity that the culture mm. has towards Scrappy-Doo is not so much because they don't like him himself, although he is annoying sometimes, sure. to be fair, but it is more so that just this era of, of Scooby-Doo is just dreadful, <laughs> and he's a very easy scapegoat for- 
just be like, well, it was all that guy's fault. It did confuse me because there are two. My understanding is that there are two shows called Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. And I was looking at the Wikipedia article for the other series. Uh And one of the episodes in the other series, do you know about this? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) That there's an episode called Strange Encounters of a Scooby Kind. Yeah. It's about the gang relaxing on a camping trip in the mountains. And then (laughs) Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy are kidnapped by aliens. Yes. And then this episode is called, what is it called? Close Encounters Uh, with a strange kind which is just scooby scrappy and shaggy camping in the mountains and they get kidnapped by aliens yeah i almost dm'd you to make sure that you watched the right one and i was like "Eh, if if she watches the wrong one then what are we gonna do really (laughs) they um they seem a little short on ideas is what my argument might be so i tried to explain this um uh, like a few weeks ago whenever we I had the narrator on. We talked about mm. Scrappy Doo, and um, but I'll I'll try to explain it again. She just so you're a vi- uh, comic book person. You love comic sure. books. Got the runs exactly. Got Mid-show the runs plug. is your podcast. Um, but a great name for a, a great podcast. <laughs> but uh, this is essentially like Scooby and Scrappy Doo Volume Two, right? You know what I sure, mean? Right. Like they, how you they did a new own. number one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a year later from the most recent show, but they they changed it a little bit, so it's technically a different show, um, and it has different episode numberings. But it depends on like who you ask. <laughs> you know, right. this is either season two or season one of the exact same but different show. Um, sure. But yes, as we've alluded to, this time around they opt to completely um remove all of the other members of the gang fred daphne velma are nowhere to be found for like five years straight that's so <laughs> um, sad yeah they're just gone um and also in that move they decide to do away with the mysteries as well <laughs> i think um, that is more of a misstep even than yes. excluding multiple yes. main characters that is very much a misguided thing at least i will say this at least in this <laughs> collection of three episodes yes three shorts in which there is a monster in each one mm-hmm. um that eventually goes away as well and you're lucky to get one monster per time because sometimes there- it's just like oh shaggy is on is you know at the beach and he accidentally like made this muscle guy really angry at him and now oh they're going to run away from him like that like by scrappy do season like four or five it's just really the bottom of the barrel so this episode is the first one of this series so they're really putting their best ideas forward for us here um uh-huh. so. <laughs> one of which is the idea they already had and one of which is <laughs> They are night watchmen in a Chinese food factory, yes. uh, which is surprisingly not as racist as I feared. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that for sure, for sure. Um, but yes, as you say, one of them is literally just doing an idea they've had before. And it's like they haven't had vampires before either. Well, vampire <laughs> so, wouldn't exist without the other yeah, vampires. Exactly, exactly. Um what do you what what do you think about uh vampires, Nina? Are you a vampire 
fan? Am I a vampire? You're asking me? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. Um, I guess. I mean, I guess like if you're running down the list of like the classic monsters, mm-hmm. they're like they're near the top for sure. I mean, famously, they I have a horny energy, mm-hmm. and vampires, you know, they have that seductiveness about them. But I have yeah. never quite bought into like the kiss of the vampire. It's freaking. Right blood is like come or whatever can i say that on the show (laughs) you can say you can say whatever you want um we're of course talking about the the metaphor of (laughs) of the vampire i mean i've never seen of it well never mind (laughs) (laughs) that that doesn't exactly get explored in no minute episode of scrappy 2 but you know Maybe if they if it, they had had the full twenty two minutes, they could have explored some of those themes more thoroughly. Yeah, I mean, at the time, <clears throat> it wouldn't have been acceptable for a male vampire. All the other characters are male, so it would have right. you would have had to have a Daphne in there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which they did already do uh, in <laughs> Scooby and Scrappy Doo season one. <laughs> so. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe look forward to that um, in Vampiral. I have not decided what the last episode is, but that one is in the contention. So mm-hmm. maybe keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, I mean, vampires are cool. You know, they're just great. Wait, um, uh, what? I did not know about Vampiral, I will say. What led course. you to this pursuit? Is it where you just. Um, I really like vampires. I think they're very cool. Um, I think they're a great um, concept. And, you know, I was thinking, like, I'm of the opinion, because there's been 13 different Scooby-Doo shows, (laughs) you know, over the years. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that every single time, if you're doing a show that has monsters, which is something you shouldn't have to, to make a stipulation for, but you do unfortunately have to make a stipulation for it. Um, You should always have a vampire episode. You should have a werewolf episode, like a witch episode. Yeah. We talked about the the Halloween episode Mm -hmm. because of the, the witch, our friend, the witch. Yeah. You don't need to have like, you don't need to have a, uh, what about a Frankenstein? That's, that's tricky, tricky to make work, you know, because, if you are going to have Frankenstein, you kind of have to tell the story of Frankenstein in your episode. Sure, sure, sure. Which they have done. There's a very good episode of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo where the, the gang accidentally get transported into a black and white Frankenstein movie. Oh, very fun. Great awesome. workaround for that. Um, but yeah, I think like you should have the big, the big, you know, three or four or whatever. The classics. You don't have to have a, you know, a, a Loch Ness Monster episode every season or something. You could sure. play around there, but vampires there's just so much you can do you know with that um with that type of character yeah, um, yeah. there's all the different co- there's like the sexy vampire like the mm-hmm. like in this episode <laughs> yes um mm-hmm. then there's like the nosferatu like the sort of yep. more like they've done that they've done lady vampires they've done sure. vampires that can fly vampires that um play in a rock and roll band you know also that of stuff. sounds promising mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, and also uh vampires which eat which drink tomato juice mm-hmm. and also they're the one other food in their house is donut mix 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I did not know was a thing that people could make at home, I thought. Neither did I. Um, So let's (laughs) go ahead and and get into this. Uh, That's a little teaser for a little later on. But Mm. first, we're going to start out with what I think is easily the worst of the three. A close encounter with a strange kind. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. (laughs) This one, uh, you know, there's a lot of dogs in this episode. Yeah, and the episode itself is also dog. <laughs> yeah, it is not not good. Um, it really is starting out this brand new series uh, on a <laughs> yeah. really sour note. Um, so yeah, this is close encounter with the strange kind. It opens. Um, did you the versions of this episode that you watched? Mm-hmm. Did they have the theme song in them, or was it just the short? Well, I of course purchased all the dvds mm-hmm, at your best vibrant two of the three had the theme song as i recall and one did not i skipped the theme song the second time good. so yeah. i saw a total of one theme song good uh if you watch on hbo max i believe they are packaged into a single episode the way they aired i watched these on boomerang because i am stubborn and refuse to <laughs> get rid of it but yeah. um boomerang chooses to separate them into three individual episodes each complete with the full minute long theme song and credits each time and there is no skip intro button so you have to do it yourself wow <laughs> so, so you just so it's like everything's like an eight minutes long and yeah a exactly. quarter of the runtime is yep. opening and ending credits but they're so mm-hmm. good ethan they're so There's, good that theme song if you can even call it that really is so good <laughs> i do like of... uh you know i like the end where it's like the logo is kind of sparkly and scooby's yeah. in a circle and scrappy's kind of hanging out yeah he's kind of cute come on don't you think he's kind of cute sometimes he's sometimes. like a little, he's a little guy he's really cute there when he's not talking you know i like that part. sure <laughs> um uh so yeah this is a close encounter with a strange kind a really bad title i'll be honest mm-hmm. with you you couldn't come up with any other alien pun like really well, they had already used strange encounters of a scooby kind which is also a bad title yeah. but maybe is a little better because it has scooby in it yeah i guess i mean they're i don't know <laughs> um, i mean they're i'm just scrolling through looking at some great t- episode titles like shiver and shake that demon's a snake mm-hmm yeah, that's what that's what we used to get. We used to get that with the um, with the old when it when there was a full episode, they had a, maybe even a real budget or something. But now this time around, we get uh, you know, dog tag Scooby, uh, Scooby Dooby Guru, um, <laughs> you know, Excalibur Scooby, Lighthouse Keeper Scooby, Scooby Nokio. It's like what do you? <laughs> You, you gave up. Stop with Scooby, which I assume is him flying a plane in like yeah. World War One. Yeah, isn't that great? And that's what you want from Scooby Doo as well. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, this one, um, you know, they are camping. Mm-hmm. Make a marshmallow up, and then there's this really weird line at the beginning before the aliens show up, where Scrappy goes. You fellas go ahead and sleep good. <laughs> it was very threatening. I was I, like, what it, is did, this? it did stick out to me when he was like, I'm not sleepy. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what are you implying? <laughs> what what did you do that caused you to be so wakeful? 
but of course he falls asleep immediately which is just a great bit yeah yeah it is um he was gonna stay up late to to watch out for wild animals and also, like, was that in their plan that someone was going to have to stay up to watch out for <laughs> wild animals? Yeah. I think that wild animals would be deterred by a Great Dane. You know, that's something that, like, coyotes sure. don't want to mess with. From sure. <laughs> um, there should be an episode where Scooby-Doo is injured having to defend Shaggy <laughs> from a bear. <laughs> that would be a better episode for sure. Yeah, yeah, you could make, you could mine a lot out of six minutes with what, that plot. What if there was like a Scooby Revenant? I think that would be good. <laughs> Where like Scooby Dude like has a broken arm and has to like get down this mountain. Do you remember when the Revenant came out and Leonardo DiCaprio had to like release a statement where he said, "Guys." Go see the movie. No, I do not get raped by a bear in this film. <laughs> no. Because that was the room watching when the trailer came out. People sure. were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Sure. <laughs> he literally had to like publicly declare that so people would feel okay about going to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, instead, you just get this very calming and normal scene <laughs> where he is like thrown around and destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen that movie since theaters, but I remember it being good. I mean, he he won the Oscar. Sure, he was the best actor that year legally. Yeah, they should have given it to the guy who had to wear the green screen and ping pong balls to be the bear. Sure, that would they, be that's probably a really good performance. I thought you were going to say they shouldn't have given it to these aliens who <laughs> have conservatively two lines of dialogue. Yeah, one of those lines is they show up, they see Shaggy. Okay, Shaggy, <laughs> human. Scooby-Doo, and Scrappy-Doo laying on the ground in their mm. sleeping bags. And they say, mm, three Earth men. <laughs> three Earth men. When clearly you have a, an Earth man, a dog, mm -hmm. and whatever Scrappy-Doo is. Yes, even if you're going to be like, well, maybe a dog can be a man too. Scrappy's no man. This is a child. He's <laughs> sure. He hasn't even had, we haven't even gotten to Scrappy's birthday identified. yet where he turns one year old. So wow. like, come on. Um, yeah. Just really stellar, um, like scientific work from these aliens here. Well, it seems like they are mostly just looking for friends, I think is the ultimate purpose of the episode. Mm -hmm. I will admit I did look away from my screen. <laughs> it did not hold my attention the entire I time. I multiple times because like, I was just like, started looking out the window, not even at my phone. I was looking at nothing happening. And then I was like, oh, the show is is continuing in front of my eyes. Um, so yeah, so they, they do eeny, meeny, miny, mo to pick mm -hmm. which one they're going to abduct and presumably probe, of course, because that's what sure. aliens do. They should have released a statement. We <laughs> 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 do not get Shaggy does not get probed, Casey Kasem says on his radio show. <laughs> So they get, they pick Shaggy, they pick him up in his sleeping bag, and they take him inside. So Scrappy and Scooby wake up, and they chase them into the flying saucer, and then up we go into outer space with all three fellas on board. Um, mm -hmm. They do strap Shaggy down to like a, you know an examination table, um, still inside of his sleeping bag, and then they kind of just like leave. <laughs> They're kind of like. Not really around for most of the episode, which is 
weird, I guess. Yeah, not a lot seems to happen in this episode, is what I will say. Is yeah. that like, yeah, mainly we just seem to be chilling and then we run around for a while and then it's over, is my yeah. main takeaway. I mean, we get this great bit where, Sh- where Scrappy and Scooby Doo run out of the flying saucer, find out they're in outer space, and then run back in. I mean, that's yes, classic. That was the one thing I wrote down is like, this stuff. is good. That's good cartoon stuff. Um, inside the flying saucer, Scrappy, for some reason, keeps calling the aliens horse thieves. Yes, I and, did and notice Scooby's that. like horse thieves. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I I clocked it the first time, and I was like, oh, like you know, he's sort of just doing a bit of an old west thing, I guess. And, yeah. and then the second time he called them horse thieves, I was like, what? What's the game here? <laughs> like, yeah, what is this? Is this a reference to something? Is there like a? Is there like a Western where someone picks up a, <laughs> a horse in the middle of the night and puts I it mean, on a flying saucer? We, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, there's cows. It's close to the same thing. But sure. we we talk a lot about, um, I saw this once in a toothpaste commercial. Right, of course. <laughs> the classic Looney Tunes bit where Bugs Bunny throws a bucket of ice onto Daffy mm-hmm. Duck and he skis into it. So I feel like whenever there's a joke in Scooby-Doo, Mm-hmm. I assume it's a I saw this in a toothpaste commercial once yeah. type joke where it's like, oh, clearly this is a reference to like a radio play from the 1950s yeah, that exactly. I just have never heard of. There's there's one that, that sticks in my mind all the time from when I was a kid where uh, they're chasing after this ghost that leaves footprints and they find sawdust in the footprints and Shaggy goes, well, I didn't know he worked in a meat market. And then the laugh track plays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But you know, maybe there's something in the newspaper that day about how they found some butcher that puts sawdust in his meat or something. You know? Yeah. Sawdust <laughs> is a classic old timey, like, Anything could just be sawdust. Like, <laughs> yeah. We used to have floors that were just sawdust over dirt or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you horse thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, then literally they do just run around. That's all they do for like <laughs> three minutes straight. Um, and, and not even in like the classic Scooby-Doo way where like there's a song playing, we're sort yeah. of grooving, it's a bit of a montage. It's like, no, they're just running around. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Shaggy wakes up in his mm-hmm. sleeping bag. Um, and I wish we could have gotten, you know, a classic line of him being, of, you know, him alluding to to some sort of drug activity or something, you know, mm-hmm. to to explain his blackout. But we yeah. do not get that. Which is fine. But it is a funny bit to wake up in a sleeping bag on a flying saucer. I mean, and he says his like, great joke. I've like, this has never been the worst time to get stuck in a sleeping bag or something. Which is, I mean, that is a really like embarrassing thing. Whenever you like get up sure. in, the, in your tent and you're like kind of flopping around in your little sleeping bag. I don't know that I've ever had that issue. I will say, I feel like usually <laughs> my arms are outside of the sleeping bag. Well, you've never camped in true cold. I would put a sweater on, Ethan. <laughs> okay, I guess <laughs> I guess you do live in Canada where you come prepared for those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used to go to a summer camp where the cabins were just like like 
the bones of cabins with like flaps on them. So, you know, things would get cold from time to time. My dad and I, I mean, we're both from Texas and we went to Colorado uh, last summer Mm -hmm. and we decided we were going to camp in the mountains Mm -hmm. in August. We'd be like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. August. It'll be fine. Classic classic month of the summer. Yeah. Like we had like eight, we both brought like a jacket, you know, like a little throw on jacket or something. And it, it got really cold it was like 40 degrees fahrenheit uh in this in this uh cap in this tent that we that we were that we had pitched in the middle of nowhere and we didn't have any cell service or anything we were like we may die (laughs) we may die right now and you were like this is just like a close encounter with a strange Mm -hmm. kind yeah exactly yeah this is exactly like what shaggy went through (laughs) in that sleeping bag um Though I did write down the only laugh I had this whole episode is when they redo the joke of running out to space, except it's Shaggy in his sleeping bag and he like inchworms out very slowly and then looks down. And I was like, that's funny. That's a good callback. That's a good, you know, heightening of a bit. Um, Yeah, a sleeping bag is a funny piece of material, I will say. mm -hmm. Um, To to tell another summer camp story, one time the the summer camp had like themes, (laughs) which were like, two week long narrative stories that would like play out during meals essentially there would be like sketches with like plots that would develop over the course of a session and there was one famously off the rails theme called house of mystery which was devised and written (laughs) i was gonna say it's perfect for your listeners uh which was devised and written by my brother Mm -hmm. and there was some kind of conceit to it originally that it had to do with like an alternate universe kind of thing where you would go in the house of mystery. And anyways, it just went completely off the rails. The plot was incomprehensible, but the main thing that I remember is that there was a villain who had like henchmen that he called his science slugs, which were just members of the camp in sleeping bags like jumping around very good yeah and i believe he had a sidekick named boy blimp so there was a lot of scooby-doo vibe to it i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good that's good stuff um when i was my last semester of college mm-hmm. i took a class in game design <laughs> or excuse me not game design but game uh interactive storytelling is the name of this and one of our major projects was i had to design a um a choose your own adventure story um and i wrote mine i think i called it house of mystery wow and the way it worked was you went into a house and depending on which door you chose it transported you back in time to a random place and you had to figure out how to get out and sometimes you'd get you know eaten by a dinosaur or whatever um mm-hmm. and i got a you know i got gr- a grade on that and i got to graduate college for doing that <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, the end of the story is i'm in my cap and gown exactly you know so so if, if you're a kid out there first of all i'm sorry that you're listening to this but if you're a kid out there and you're like maybe i shouldn't go to college you know you don't have to go to be like a lawyer or something you could go and make a choose your own adventure story and get a grade on that so yeah um, and you could and i also to that kid i'm sorry what i said about the cum thing <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'll mark yeah, it I as mean... explicit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a great episode. It's one of the coolest things I've uh, ever seen. Yeah, I mean, all that happens next is then Scooby-Doo gets the controls of the flying saucer and they go like flying around through space and there's this great great bit where they drive through the big dipper and Mm -hmm. it like spills out a little bit of water and i was like oh okay yeah I guess that's, that's what the Big Dipper is. Like I've never something. thought of that. I guess it's like a ladle that has water in it. <laughs> I always would think of it. I guess that's it's more of a Milky Way thing that I'm mm-hmm. like, well, of course it's full of milk. Yeah, you're dipping like cookies into the Milky Way. Sure, I'm gonna choose to go with you on this. <laughs> and then there's they they go around Saturn and it does like a hula hoop. Anyway, the episode's over. They they. <laughs> land back and they've all fall asleep and then the aliens like with friends like these who needs enemies yeah the aliens are pissed for some reason like didn't you kidnap these guys they just wanted to be friends i guess you're right that's the idea is that they wanted to be besties with shaggy rogers this whole time they came to earth looking for earth man to be their friend that they strap down to cold <laughs> yeah. metal table. <laughs> yeah, it really seems like they've changed their tune, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a close encounter with a strange kind. Um, really good stuff. Uh, let's see, did anything special happen in that one? It's the first appearance of Shaggy Rogers? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, this um, one I it was I was like this is dire. I was like becoming very <laughs> existential about like do I even like it was Scooby Doo ever good? Uh-huh. Is yeah. this anything at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean Scooby and Scrappy Doo Volume Two will do that to you <laughs> really, really well. And I don't think uh, I entirely answered those questions, but I, they were certainly the next two episodes are better. Certainly, is what I'd say. I mean, this next one's where the juice lies. Let me tell you, the tomato juice. Tomato juice. Yes. Hello. But uh, this one is frankly just a great time. And maybe that's the vampiral brain, uh, you know, seeping in. <laughs> um, maybe it's because I just really hope that it's good. <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. I had a good time. So this is a fit night out for bats. Um, that classic expression. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a really probably another toothpaste commercial here. <laughs> uh, you know, that may be like an episode of, you know, Three's Company or something was called something similar. And they're like, well, here we go. I uh, guess in in the film, The Fatal Glass of Beer, W.C. Fields. No, wait. The, Whoa. Anyways, the Whoa. One that it ain't a fit night out for man or beast. And I guess bat kind of sounds like beast. The fatal glass of beer? That sounds yeah, rad as hell. With W.C. Fields. It sounds good. The fatal glass. It's from 1933. Mm-hmm. It is a pre-code short film wow. a parody oh this sounds good actually yeah. it's 21 minutes long it's a parody of rugged stage melodramas set in the yukon wow wow i i will be watching that without question um the, yeah, fatal the, main, glass of beer. the main characters are ma and pa snavely <laughs> those are some scooby-doo character names right there um really true so yeah, fit night out for bats. Uh, but again, this one is at least a pun. We can acknowledge that. 
It's better than the Chinese food factory. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or sop with Scooby. <laughs> Good God. Um, so this one's a classic Scooby-Doo setup, even though there's no mystery. They got a flat tire in the rain. In what the mystery machine. Mm-hmm. In the mystery right, machine. So I guess Shaggy owns the mystery machine is what we're meant to understand from this. I mean, it really seems like it's Fred's, you know, Fred's ride here, but he definitely uh, has got it now. It's his, it's his wheels. Uh, maybe Fred felt bad for Shaggy because he's got nothing else going for him. So yeah. Let him like take the van. Fred and Velma are like working in the corporate world. <laughs> they do later on explain that Velma was literally working for NASA. Like she was literally a rocket okay. scientist. Okay. Off, um, um, so... Yeah, so they're fixing a flat tire in the rain. There's a bit where they cut to recycled like animation of Shaggy's close-up with rain behind him. Um, and I noted this because A, I instantly recognized it from like Scooby-Doo, where are you? But also because it doesn't even remotely match what he was saying. Like he, was, <laughs> he says like, it's, uh, we don't have a spare or something. And it was just, and then like his mouth was fully not moving <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but you know, are they gonna do they gotta crank out three of these things a week apparently (laughs) um so yeah so they're in the rain and there's a big scary house nearby and this is just what i love to see this is a classic scooby-doo plot line it's good atmospheric storytelling Mm -hmm. it's just good stuff it's not you know some two little alien guys you know running around you know we got we got real gothic storytelling going on uh-huh. here. okay so um you know Sh- shaggy's like this is a horror show or whatever and, and he's right because we're watching scooby and scrappy do i mean absolutely it is a horror program first and foremost uh yeah. comedy comes second yes, it's designed to scare you it's it's tales to to, to thrill you and chill you to the bone um, and pill you hopefully Hopefully, <laughs> um, but but Scrappy points out, you know, hey, it may be a horror show, but at least it's shelter, and that's what we did right now is shelter. Yeah, can they just sleep in the van though? I they mean, easily they could. They're so cowardly in these ones. Yeah, I guess they're yeah. always like that. But like, they do it's seem per- to, they do seem particularly yeah. <laughs> cowardly, and I'm like, just you can just stay in the van. Especially because they don't like even knock when they go in. I mean, this is a <laughs> classic episode of. of scrappy do where it's just these three guys imposing themselves on someone else and then being <laughs> weirded out whenever he is hostile back <laughs> like i mean to be fair you know the, the the bad guy in this one is a little like does have intent to murder them but still they put sure, themselves sure, sure. in this situation they, yes <laughs> it's like the reverse of uh the vampire thing where you have to w- invite him in they just invited themselves into his home. So yes, what, his what name else is do you expect? Mr. Sylvester, I believe. Yes. So they come up to the front door. It is for some reason a split door. Like you would find <laughs> in like a country house kitchen or something, you know, like, like a saloon. <laughs> um, yeah. You'd never find that at the front door of a house. I don't think <laughs> there's really no reason for it other than to have a bit where Scrappy goes on the little one. Cause he's a short guy. And then the, the tall fellas, you know, slam their head into the door um, sure 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 but yes inside there's a vampire um and this guy i i really love this guy he, part, yeah 
he's doing some blah that the way he talks is another toothpaste type beat where uh-huh. it seems like like clearly the way he talks is referencing something where it's like I guess it's like the old Dracula movies where it's like he talks in this very like long-winded circular sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down like one of the first things he says, which is, you know, he's talking to himself and he says, I just hope they're my type. Mm-hmm. Type O. Blood, that is. Like, oh, no, I'll get to, yeah, I wrote it down because it's even longer than that. <laughs> um, where they uh, like he, they want food or whatever. And he says, they're not the, you know, like he turns cheats to Cameron, like is speaking directly to us. <laughs> they're not the only ones who are interested in supper. I am too. Only of a different type. <laughs> type O. Blood, that is. <laughs> Which is very funny. It's I, great. I he's like just that doing shtick. Like when he introduces himself, he says, you know, uh, they're like Scrappy's like very rudely, he's like, Who are you? Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm a guy I'm, that lives in a house. <laughs> yeah, this is my home that you are suddenly in. I should be asking you that question. <laughs> um, but he says, you, uh, you can call me Mr. Sylvester. You can call me anything if you want. Just don't call me late for supper. Classic. A classic great bit. It's one of those, like, you know, I was talking about this with some people at work. Like, there's that meme that was going around that was like, um, white people love to say this. Yeah. Like, white people love to be like, I hated it to the waiter when they come to take their empty plate. Like, that was terrible. Right. So vampires are the same way. Vampires love to say, don't call me late for supper. (laughs) They really do. (laughs) um so yeah he's a vampire shaggy's totally chill with it because he's gonna get some food um it's a weird joke where uh sylvester the vampire says um it's the kook's night off oh i'm sorry i mean cook like he corrects his pronunciation i was that i thought the same thing where i was like is like that seems like it's a reference to like I'm eating you, or like whatever. But you would think that. But also, I think it is a joke about having a kook, like like like, a, like an a Igor? Very Adam's family, like they they're creepy and they're kooky, you know. Like sure. who, who's your who's your kook, <laughs> and what does he normally do? Yes, and I was <laughs> and also when I heard it. I first thought he said cook. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I exactly. did not understand the, the cadence of the joke. I'm not like racist or anything. I thought it was just in his, his, his accent. I wasn't going to judge him for mis- like yeah. pronouncing his vowels. Please. Yeah. I'm not a monster. Um, do you like a tangent? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you like Sylvester the cat? I don't think I do. He is you seem pissed already i will say he is well for starters he's just being very cruel to tweety who's normal mm-hmm. and also like he is yeah you're gonna talk about how tweety bird is no, terrorizing please, go ahead, him go ahead, go ahead, um, go ahead. and to, but more than that even he's betraying granny's trust is i think the main problem i have with him because granny is like sylvester's got this on lock He's going to mind the house for me. I'm an old woman. I can't do this on my own. I need a helper, which is Sylvester the cat. 
Yeah. And then Sylvester's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to eat your bird, you old idiot. <laughs> Which I just find to be rude to yes. our elders. Sylvester is the best Looney Tunes character. Uh-huh. I believe this. Excuse me. I believe this You're with all my up. heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Tweety is not an antagonist. Okay. She's no Jerry the Mouse. Okay. A little, Tweety, a little asshole. Oh, I think people have talked about this before, but is Tweety a boy or a girl? Tweety is a boy. Tweety is a boy. Okay. They're both boys. It is, they are on equal footing. Okay. They, they're because Sylvester's just trying to eat. You know, he's just trying to just trying to get but a meal. He's starving. He's starving at the start of every episode. He's like digging around in the trash, looking at fish bones. He's like, "There's nothing I could do. I have to eat Tweety Bird. I have no other choice. I have an addiction to canary meat." Okay, and then and then Tweety Bird's over here, like, "Well, I know this guy's trying to eat me. Like, I'm not an idiot, but." I can at least play a little coy and be like, like, you know, mess with him a little bit, you know, and that is their dynamic. It's a great dynamic. I don't really like Tweety Bird that much, but I think Sylvester is the most relatable <laughs> Looney Tunes character because he's That's crazy. really down on his luck all the time. He's really, he wants one specific thing. He's just trying to get by in this world and things just keep knocking him down. He keeps failing at every turn. Uh, he's very funny. He's very, but he's very down he's on his luck. That's what I will say. I don't like the way he talks. I can't. You're I'm are not. You, are you ableist now? I'm not trying to <laughs> impugn anyone who might have a speech impediment, but like his his aggressive cadence, <laughs> <laughs> it hits my ear wrong, is what I'll say. But I also most I don't really like. You know, we've we have watch Tom and Jerry the film together multiple times. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't really like the antagonistic like Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd or Bugs and Daffy is like probably mm-hmm. about the limit of what I will go to in terms of like this cartoon is just like two people fucking with each other. And Roadrunner obviously. That's like the good one. I see. So you are um you're you know part of this new society that's too soft for Looney yeah Tunes i'm soy <laughs> yeah i'm please, please i'm too soy for looney tunes <laughs> i wish they would just be friends can't they hang out they are in space jam or whatever they're like hey we're buddies that's what you want you just yeah, want like, to be space jam i want yosemite sam and elmer fudd dressed up as the pulp fiction guys with big guns <laughs> yeah that's what we all want <laughs> okay so back to the thing for bats. I just needed to, to talk about Sylvester for a little sure, bit. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, they, the boys are going to make themselves some dinner. So they've gone into the kitchen. And as we've said, all that is in the kitchen are cabinets full of tomato juice, which appears to be the closest thing to human blood that, that Sylvester could get at his hands on. Clearly, this guy is no Michael Morbius who can just make his own uh, artificial blood whenever he Haven't wants. Seen the film. Is, is that why you're doing Vampiral? That is just a lucky coincidence. <laughs> okay. Because Morbius fever is going to take the nation, mm-hmm. and they're going to all run to their podcatchers, and they're going to go, I am looking for vampire content Feed it to me. I want I it straight into my veins. Mm. And this is going to be the first thing that comes up is this episode right now. And they're going to turn it on and they're going to go, I'm sorry, 
aliens and they're gonna shut it off but if they make it to this point but, yeah the download sound will count <laughs> welcome very exactly thank you for pressing play i love ya <laughs> um so yes tomato juice and um for some reason a bag of donut flour mm-hmm. that thing we all know about we've all got it in our pantry donut flour and this is another like sure i can believe that before like dunkin donuts existed mm-hmm. tim hortons for me that people right. were making donuts at home like sure why not yeah but also like in a pot they're like boiled donuts yes yes shaggy's making it in a stew pot on the stove <laughs> with like soap bubbles coming out of it I don't i mean i'm i am no baker i don't Certainly. pretend to be i don't portend to be but um i don't think that that's how you make donuts i don't think that you boil flour on the stove and they come out i am i'm seeing boiled donuts here so maybe uh i think they look quite fluffy i will say compared to the i think you know most of us know the fried donut as our sure these almost look like bagelish to an extent and they look they're very airy and these look like Uh, they could be good okay (laughs) i'll wear egg on my face I'll wear rotten egg roll on my face as oh. we'll get to later. Sure, sure, <laughs> um, sure. But uh, I'm just I'm just teasing people along so they know what mm-hmm. to expect in the next right. segment, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so yes. Tomato juice and donut flour. Scrappy's got on a little chef's hat, and then Sylvester comes in as a vampire bat and Scrappy catches him in his in his uh hat and throws him out the window. Um, and he's pissed about it. He's like, "Oh, so they're gonna play yeah. up to get now, aren't <laughs> they?" Like you were just a bat. Like they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Uh, yes, yeah, so he's yeah. He, this is when he turns on them fully. He's no longer in a playful mood. He's now in "I'm going to kill these people" mood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so Shaggy's making his donuts in this big old pot, and then the lights go out. And it's every coward for himself. This is another one I wrote down. Very good. <laughs> So they kind of run around and Shaggy and Scooby are just like slamming into each other, like just worthless. They're really (laughs) completely incompetent in these episodes. It's crazy. Because Scrappy, little Scrappy Dude, who's not even one year old, manages to find a door to open it that has light on the other side. But they're, I will say, when he invoked Puppy Power for a second time Mm -hmm. in in a six minute episode, in a six minute episode, I was like, this might be a little much. Yes, yes. Maybe, maybe a little. Maybe. <laughs> um, so Scrappy's gonna go look for a fuse box. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the boys are gonna go poking around these spooky halls. You know, I love that. You know, I love that. Of them going with all these fun paintings on the wall. Um, Sylvester's hiding behind a painting that appears to be of Bo Peep. Yep. Um, noticeably out of uh, the. De- decorating scream, you know, does not fit in with the rest of the decor, but you know, it's true. His aesthetic is a little, uh, it's a little off. To, yeah, they had to cover up the animation cell somehow, though. So I guess this is what they chose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, you know, the painting moves away. He's behind it. This is classic Scooby Doo stuff. Even though there's not a mystery at hand, that's okay because at least we're getting some, you know, some Scoobyism, gothic atmosphere, right? <laughs> He misses the um, snatch, and then the 
Gibby looks at the painting and she winks at him. Another, just a classic bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how does that work exactly? Not clear, but. What are you going to do? Um, down in the basement, Scrappy has found the fuse box. Um, this is when Scrappy shows his hide as being a little dumbass. Okay. <laughs> because it is, in fact, not a fuse box at all, but a full size satin lined coffin. Mm hmm. Which we know vampires, vampires like stuff. to sleep in, of course. Um, I will note that one of our wonderful uh, contributors to the Scoobypedia, we love these beautiful wiki warriors out there, um, <laughs> made a point to add into uh, inconsistencies, con- continuity errors, and goose slash oddities that uh, Scrappy didn't know what a coffin was. As a puppy, it's fairly possible he hadn't learned what one was yet, if that's believable. So thank you for pointing that out to us. Um, <laughs> I love, I love the instinct to not only, uh, not only like think that, <laughs> <laughs> but to go to the Wikipedia or the Scoobypedia yes. and like add that as like, well, like this is like a bit of an interesting observation and people might think this as well. So I'll just throw this in. I do also like that the popular pages on the Scooby-Doo wiki are just Scooby, Shaggy, Velma, (laughs) Daphne, and for some reason, the Hex Girls. What's the deal with these guys? The Hex Girls? Come on! Come on! They were just covered in last week's episode that you haven't heard yet because it hasn't come out. The first, the premiere episode of April. They're the Hex Girls. Sure. Everyone loves them. But yes. um, Yeah, I mean, Fred doesn't make the list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on. How much do you really need to know about Fred? Uh, according to this series, nothing at all. He's completely <laughs> inconsequential. <laughs> Very true. So, yeah, uh, this is when, um, you know, Shaggy says, like, Scrabby's like, what's a coffin? And Shaggy explains what a coffin is. It is, in fact, uh, a thing that vampires like to sleep in, which I do like that he points that. He, he, he says that. Like, he's not like, this is where we put dead bodies when they. <laughs> yeah. when they Get buried. He's like, oh, this is where vampires hang out. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where your right. dad is, maybe. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a little harsh, but you know, I'm sure they get <laughs> they get fed up with each other on the on the road. <laughs> um, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Shaggy does his intuition it ends up being 100 percent right. This is where a vampire likes to sleep. Uh, but he is not very intuitive whenever Sylvester shows back up and he's like, Hey man, there's a vampire <laughs> bat around here, and there's gotta be a vampire when there's a vampire bat, you know. And Sylvester's like, Really? It must be my kook. <laughs> yeah. Um I do also like when Sylvester like cheats to Cameron and talks about Scrappy and says, this little guy could be a headache. <laughs> and I agree, pal. He really can. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, so they don't know that Sylvester's a, a vampire. Uh, Scrappy, he's really mad at them now because Scrappy sprayed him with bug spray um, and that like messed with his head. So he's really upset with the, with the little one. Um, he's like, uh, yeah, there's another bit where he has a long-winded like line where he says, you know, and how do you know what a vampire looks like? I might ask, and I might, and I will. How do you know what a vampire looks like? 
which is just it's a fun. It's I like good. when a guy does a funny circular talk. It's like a forty yes. movie. Yes, exactly. This is the comedy comes from a written script that someone had to turn in versus I don't know. You animators figure it out. Have them run around for four minutes, right. and then make something funny happen. That this is they they tried with this one. I will say. Um, so. You know, he he walks in front of a mirror. Shaggy realizes that vampires don't have reflections, so they run away from Sylvester in the kitchen. They, their king, their three king size donuts are ready to go, and Shaggy realizes, "Hey, <laughs> these donuts are as big as tires," mm-hmm. which is a great bit. And then smash cut too. Mm-hmm. They're and immediately away. <laughs> I, you know, again teasing uh, what's coming up. I did make a note here that this is basically a set of episodes about not knowing how hard foods are. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, and that's the whole thing is is they drive away on their donut, and the vampire's and is, sad. The vampire and as is the, sad. as the wiki says, Scooby laughs and says his catchphrase. <laughs> Um, so we're going to actually take a quick pause from talking about the episode to play a quick little game. This is the first of two games that we will play today. This you one pulled is called out a giant notebook. <laughs> uh, this game is called Scooby or not Scooby. I anyway. remember these games giving me large amounts of anxiety the last time I appeared on the episode. Well, the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of titles, some of which will be titles of a Scooby-Doo episode and some of which will be of something else. Now, mm-hmm. in honor of Vampirel, I have chosen is it an episode of Scooby-Doo or an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh, okay, have not okay. seen, but I feel like I feel like I can tackle this one. All right. All right. Here I'm we hopeful. go. Here we go. Fear itself. Oh, I hate you. I forgot that <laughs> I forgot that I always like my strategy in these is always to like try and figure out your logic, which feels like a mistake because you are I've a got no logic. You're an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. Fear. I mean, fear itself. It truly could go either way, but mm-hmm. there must be a Buffy episode called Fear itself. So I'm going to go with Buffy or not Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I do have synopses for you. On Halloween, Buffy and her friends find themselves trapped inside a haunted frat house, complete with real bats, zombies, and a terrifying demon. Sounds fun. I think this is an episode that people absolutely despise uh, from memory. Um, the other vamp- uh, Halloween episode is very good, though. I almost said the other vampire episode as if they're not all vampire <laughs> episodes. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it's not, I didn't hear mention of a vampire as what point. I was saying. Uh, okay. The vampire strikes back. <laughs> There's no way that a, I don't think a Buffy episode <laughs> could have a title as <laughs> vague as the vampire strikes back. So I will say that this is a Scooby this is a Scooby-Doo episode. Um, it was covered last week on Vampirel. Uh-huh. Uh, the gang travels to an old Transylvanian castle on a rainy night to watch a shoot of the Hex Girls' new music video, Petrified Bride. When they get there, they find out the band is breaking up, since there's a vampire on the loose. 
All right. How about 3D-struction? This, the invocation of 3D makes me think of the 1950s, Mm -hmm. which sounds like Scooby-Doo. So I'm going to say this is a Scooby. This is Scooby-Doo. It did come out in 2002, uh, but you know. Well, you know, these came out in the 80s and they're still from the 50s. (laughs) Sure, you're right. Um, Daphne's uncle sends the gang to Costa Rica for the opening of a museum exhibit on dinosaurs. When they meet archaeologist Melbourne O'Reilly, he reveals the legend of a dinosaur spirit. Great. The Eye in Team. (laughs) You are looking at me. Famously, there's no I in team. Of course. But what this episode presupposes is maybe there is. Yes, which seems like a Buffyism that's like sort of like you're sarcastically referencing a common expression. I don't. Th- there's no I in team could be a 50s thing or it could be a 90s thing, I think. You know, back in the 50s, it was like just throw the ball to George Mikan and he'll. Uh, Mm-hmm. so maybe they were more reliant on single players back then i'm gonna say this is a not scooby it sounds a little wry and buffy-ish this is a buffy episode buffy teams with riley after she's allowed access to the initiative while spike is targeted by commandos oh no <laughs> sounds like buffy really <laughs> went off the rails a little bit in his later years <laughs> without question um how about bad eggs bad mm-hmm. eggs okay i i know i shouldn't do this but now it feels like you know we've been alternating mm-hmm. so <laughs> i hate that mm-hmm. so i bad egg, but then Ooh, I am going to say that this is a not Scooby and that they're like vampire hatchlings. This is also an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes! Buffy and her friends encounter even more trouble than expected when eggs they're given in health class turn out to be prehistoric parasites that take over their lives. (laughs) This is another episode people don't like, but I think it's kind of fun. Um, Buffy sounds crazy. mm -hmm, For sure. Uh, there's three titles left. Wow. The Wild Brood. I... The Wild Brood. <laughs> that could be a reference to something. It's impossible to say. I guess it's kind of like the Wild Bunch. But Brood, I think Brood sounds more like a Buffy than a Scooby. So I'm going to say this is a not Scooby. I'm sorry. This is a Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated episode. Um, The Wild Brood, a gang of bikers that look like orcs, comes to Crystal Cove. They seem to be peaceful, but when the Crystal Cove army is broken into and an experimental video game console is stolen, the bikers are suspected. Another Scooby-Doo episode with, like, a magic video game? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. Double Meat Palace. (laughs) (laughs) Double Meat Palace. Double Meat Palace. So this is like a hamburger joint. Mm -hmm. And is this more... It sounds more like a Scooby hamburger joint than a Buffy hamburger joint, although it could kind of be ironic in that way. 
Oh yeah, we're, aren't aren't the people in Buffy called the Scooby Gang or whatever? They are. Yes, uh, they are called that. It's true. Just another connection. That. Yep. Another connection. We would have gotten letters. One of our millions of listeners would have would have written in, and be like, "I can't believe they talked about about uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they didn't bring up the fact that it's the Scooby Gang." Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I saved us from that. And can you give Double Meat Palace? Double Meat Palace. I'm going to Double say, Meat Palace. I'm going to say that this is a Scooby and. Ooh, hold on. Do they go to a diner and it's the double meat pet? I don't think they would say that. I think it would be like the five-star roadhouse. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say, and I'm probably wrong, but this is a not Scooby. This is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When Buffy gets a job at the Double Meat Palace, a local fast food restaurant, she begins to believe that disappearing coworkers and the secret ingredient to the restaurant's hamburger may be connected. Sure. Sounds okay, last right. one. The man in the mirror. Well, of course, Michael Jackson song. That is true. From the nineties ish, maybe late eighties. Um, but man, that seems like a real Scooby. That it's like the guy who's freaking scaring you is the title of the episode. (laughs) So I'm going to say that the man in the mirror is a Scooby. This is an episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. (laughs) A man in a mirror kidnaps Fred and takes him to a world where the planospheric disc destroyed all of Crystal Cove. Meanwhile, in the real world, the gang encounters a strange Fred. Wow. Sounds cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was Scooby or not Scooby. You did extraordinarily well can't believe it you did very well all right so that takes us back to the finale of scooby and scrappy do season two episode one the chinese food factory now were you aware ethan that i am of chinese descent (laughs) um i did know that i didn't realize that this was that this happened to be part of the um, collection of shorts that we were watching. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, it just happened that way. <laughs> um, I will say, when I saw that this was on the docket, I got extraordinarily <laughs> nervous because Scooby-Doo has a long history of racism specifically towards People, you know, all of the alleyways they could go down, but, you know, um, it certainly does allow for talking about noodles versus other things they could be doing. Right. 
it's more it's more of a noodle than it is a yeah. like that you know that the Chinese parade is not delved into too deeply. Yeah. Although like it when it when it started with like the classic like pentatonic scale mm-hmm. music, I was a little I have in my notes, oh no, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> but it by and large is mostly just about a Chinese food factory, which I don't yep. think is a real thing that exists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say that that exact piece of music was also used in uh, the um, episode of Scooby-Doo Laugh Olympics titled Japan. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so they're, they're in Chinatown. They're in Chinatown. Classic Scooby-Doo location. Um really was taking the culture by storm in the second half of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. People couldn't get enough of Chinatowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as Scrappy-Doo says at the beginning of the episode, gee, Chinatown sure, sure is a fun place. <laughs> yeah, see, they're, they're positive. Yeah, we like yeah, Chinatown. They That's love good. diversity. Could have been worse, without question. Um, so yeah, so we're in Chinatown. Um, Shaggy and Scooby immediately get terrified of a parade. They're just so jumpy. I mean, <laughs> they're so scared. Any any drop of a hat, they will they will freak out at. Um, you know, we get this really cool up close shot of like you know the dragon at the front of the parade, which is a really cool thing. Um, never been to a Chinese uh, like never been to a, a parade in Chinatown or like a Chinese New Year celebration, but. Um, those dragon things are really cool. Um, yeah, totally. The but, Huns famously burst out of one in the film Mulan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite Nathan, one of my favorite Nathan for you bits involves that where they have to sneak the, uh, the exterminator into the hotel. So they have him disguised as part of a, a like a cultural celebration in the lobby with a, with a, a Chinese like dragon performer, which is really fun. Um, you have the sequence in uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice where the parade dragon turns into a real dragon. Um, do you remember that? Mm-mm. <laughs> wow. It's almost like that wasn't your favorite movie when you were 10, and it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that movie and thinking, this is the best. It will not get better than this. Mm-hmm. And, you're and then right. I saw Toy Story 3, and it did get better than that. But okay. But for like three months... Sorcerer's Apprentice was the top. <laughs> right. And I did briefly think that you were talking about the Fantasia type no. beat. No. I mean, it is an adaptation of, I, you know, heavy air quotes, adaptation yes, of that sequence. But no, this is the Jay Baruchel, Nicholas Cage, Cage joint. I was um, just talking about this weirdly yesterday with someone. I forget why it came up, but Yeah. There's, there certainly is. A, oh, I think it's because I watched The Rock, of the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage. Also and good. So, I'm, I feel like Sorcerer's Apprentice could definitely be good, is what I will say. I haven't watched it in maybe ten years, but let me tell you, I can only assume it holds up and is the greatest movie ever made, other than Toy Story Three. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> so, um, yes, that is my experience with Chinese dragons. Uh, have you ever been to a parade of this sort? I haven't. You know, my my Chinese new. So I'm half Chinese. So just mm-hmm. so everyone is familiar with my lineage, I feel like most of my Chinese New Year celebrations were more of like an at home 
experience right. rather than a parade or anything of that nature. And would you get food from a Chinese food factory for these? <laughs> well, of course, I would. They would manufacture some noodles that we would purchase. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in 1980, I could believe that this is how. Well, like, like in the United for- States, fortune this was cookies, made. fortune sure. cookies. I'm like, sure, that can be made in a factory. Yeah. But then it's like we're making noodles and chicken. I guess it's like they're going to be frozen. Is the idea? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I guess where's like. It's not Chinese food, but like, where's like Maruchan ramen made? You know, like that's probably all made right. in a factory. Sure. I guess you could get sure. like lo mein made that way too. I don't know. <laughs> um, sure. Probably not high quality stuff, but good <laughs> but <hey>. for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> for literal dogs. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're in Chinatown, uh, and then they get scared of a parade. So then they somehow find themselves in a back alley where they're at a Chinese food factory. And Shaggy's like, look at that. It's a Chinese food factory. Um, and then all you can eat, mm-hmm, all you can eat. They see a sign that says night watchman wanted. Um, night watch man wanted not, not three night watch men. Wanted well, all at once, one man, yeah. two dogs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, three earth men wanted. They only really <laughs> had to invest like in two extra hats. Exactly, exactly. Um, I do love the hats. They get these the cute little fun. police caps. It's very fun. And then they um, put the and then Scrappy gets all the hats on his head. Which is, which is really fun. cute. I do like that. That's very cute. When he gets all three hats piled on his little head. I'm like, that's a way to make me like this little guy. What if he <laughs> was three policemen hats. at once? <laughs> the most yeah. likable thing. <laughs> what if he was even more of a cop? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think it's so funny that like we were in Chinatown to have fun. We got scared by a parade and now we got jobs, all three of us right now. <laughs> they, I think are just really desperate to like, like they seem like drifters. Yes, easily. Like each, literally only- each episode is in a different location that they roll up to in their van, you know, and this is before the age of glamping or whatever. And you could have like a converted, like, you know, right. like have a spa in the back of your, your well, famously minivan. they can't, they don't sleep in the van. They have That's to true. go into a scary house whenever they see one. That's true. Or a Chinese food factory. Um, mm-hmm. Judging by their ability to stay up in the first episode, I don't think that I would have hired them. You know, Good point. They'd be real sleepy on the dub. They'd be a couple of, you know, tired fellas. Um, <laughs> sure. You know that phrase that we all use a couple uh-huh. of tired fellows. What's he at? <laughs> um, so yeah, now they're in the Chinese food factory. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby both agree that it is creepy. Although, I mean, they could probably turn the lights on or have a flashlight or something. You know, I mean, I don't think that they're expected to walk around fully I, in the dark. I do feel like the lights are on, though. <laughs> Fair Aren't enough. they? Like, I, don't they, know. I think they just sort of find it creepy conceptually more than they're in the dark wandering around. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're frightened of machinery. <laughs> right. I think they're frightened of like corners. <laughs> <laughs> so they do find a, like a conveyor belt fortune cookie assembly line. Um, much like the classic episode of I Love Lucy. Sure, I guess. With the chocolate. But mm-hmm. this time it's a fortune cookie and they don't do anything that happens in that episode of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. But There's just a conveyor belt. 
It's exactly like it in every way. You know, these are t- two pillars of comedic television that have been uh, held from up from the nineteen fifties. <laughs> yes. And I feel like this is a real wasted opportunity because we know someone's going to become a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. It ends up being Scooby. It arguably yeah. maybe should have been Scrappy. He his dimensions maybe make more sense yeah. for a fortune cookie. But of course, you know what's going to happen is there's going to be a fortune inside. Mm-hmm. And but Scooby's fortune just says Relp. And well, I think the idea of a piece of paper that just says Relp exclamation mark in big letters is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's not really a fortune. Is my issue. It is true. If, like if it, it should be a... like great surprises await you inside a cookie or something. Yeah, but like spelled with R's. A rookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever? Did you ever make fortune cookies in like school or something? I know we. No, did. is that a thing? I mean, I did in my gifted and talented program. So yeah, uh, that sounds like, like uh... some real gifted shit. We need to we need to find something to do around Lunar New Year. Let's have them make some uh some um and of course you have to say Lunar New Year. You don't want to and you're in school in Texas, you don't want to, you know, cross any boundaries here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we made fortune cookies, and by that I mean like we made the dough, but it was so thick that we couldn't like fold it up Deal. into the thing. So we mm-hmm. kind of just like folded it once over like a giant piece of paper that had our fortune on it. Mm-hmm. And that was our fortune cookie. <laughs> Sounds good. It was really good. <laughs> um, so you can do it at home. You don't need a factory, folks. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my donuts and then I'll do my fortune mm-hmm. cookies. Get, get, put a big old pot of water on the stove. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get get the, salt the water, get it to boiling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so Scooby turns into a giant fortune cookie. His fortune says "Relp." It's very funny, and then we get our villain of the episode, and this is the Scoobiest of the villains. Mm-hmm. It's a person in a mask, which is very rare. How would you describe this mask, <laughs> Nina? <laughs> I they don't really seem to have a good handle on it. Mm-mm. It's it's a vaguely Asian like <laughs> demon mask. It feels more maybe Japanese than Chinese to me. Right. Sort of like an Oni or the you know, emoji. Some... Yes, precisely. <laughs> or some kind of like a like a Japanese ogre is the kind of vibe that I'm getting from it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got kind of like a little a little mustache going on. Sure. You know, Very visible um, eye hole, so we know right away it's it's a person and not a monster. Yes, so bright red hair and it maybe flesh colored mask, <laughs> but it's like if you were, were very sick. <laughs> <laughs> the flesh of an unwell man. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so this is their person. Um, Scooby calls him a or Shaggy calls him a ghost. Sure, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a fool, so you could believe that. Yeah, any this is a classic thing in all in all um Scooby thing is well that is not just the abominable snowman. That's the ghost of an abominable snowman. <laughs> right. you know, like, they always have to be a ghost. <laughs> no matter how tangible they are, it's always a ghost. Um so yeah, <laughs> there there's this guy, he's kind of just there. Uh and it, I will admit, I would be scared. Sure. If I was I mean, in the middle of the night in this 
in this factory and this guy was just standing there not supposed to be there and, yeah. the, and like coming out of the shadows wearing a, a scary mask i'd be very frightened what if um shaggy had a gun in this episode <laughs> <laughs> what about three of them there? they're all night watchmen give each sure. one of them a gun <laughs> Sure. I mean, Shaggy, I would hope, could like get a license and stuff, but maybe uh, Scrappy and Scooby might have had a harder time with that. I don't know what the gun laws were like at the time in uh, San Francisco, New York, Delphia. San Francisco is where the famous Chinatown is in the United States. It's the most famous like Chinatown, you know? Yeah. So we can That's where the see- movie Chinatown is set, I imagine. Um. Yes? <laughs> no? Los Angeles? I don't know. It's all that that is all Southern California. What are you gonna do? Sure. Um but yes, they they don't have guns. <laughs> um totally. it's unfortunately not like a like the band Pokemon episode. There's not one of those for Scooby Doo. I wish. I wish there was. Sure. Um uh but no, they don't have guns, but they do get to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they get to eat a lot of noodles. Scooby eats chopsticks. Scooby extremely um, dexterous, like, like yes, very fine motor skills on this Great Dane. He's able to use uh, chopsticks very well. And then um, the Shagster is a bit of a tee moment, you know. Yeah, he, he goes tee mode. <laughs> gets a bunch of straws and slurps up all his all Scooby soup. And he's like, yes. Hey man, you're out of he's, soup. He says he says good job, you finished your <laughs> soup. And also another thing that's Scrappy says, you're so smart for knowing how to use chopsticks. He calls them smart like in all three of these episodes. <laughs> Which is clearly not true, I will say. No. With all due respect to Shaggy and Scooby. No, they are at a, a basement level of intelligence <laughs> in this series. They are it's a wonder they're able to put on like this wonder Shaggy's able to put on all of his clothes and you know, <laughs> yeah, make it the to only work. job that Shaggy can do is a night watchman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when someone actually shows up, he fails spectacularly. Yep. So they get scared of the masked man, um, which is Who's carting out a safe. Uh huh. Yeah, he um as as uh yeah, he, he literally turns to the camera and is like this safe job's really easy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shaggy says something I noticed, which is a a fascinating uh, superhero reference. Did you catch this? No. What does he say? It's a, it's a great reference to two pieces of superhero media. He says, we're watchmen, not heroes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, you know, is a cool reference. Yeah, really ahead of its time. To the 80s comic and film and uh, the 2000s television series. Yeah. (laughs) We're Watchmen, not heroes. Whoo, yep. Yep. I don't know how I didn't catch that. That's why you're the host of Got the Runs, because you can make these connections that I can't. (laughs) Um. Yes, so Scrappy finds out that he's not a ghost. He is, in fact, a burglar. And he is going to stop him by sl- slapping him with a bag of rice. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, he accidentally rips open the, the, the sack. It spills all over the floor. Now he's rice skating. Get it? Mm-hmm. 
But that's just how Scooby-Doo says ice skating. So true. So true. <laughs> um, I did notice that the burglar's entire skin tone changes between <laughs> cuts. Wow, come on, come on. You can't expect <laughs> people to have the same skin color from one shot to the next. You're right, you're right. What are you going to do? You know, um... Yeah, he's really scary. So the boys who are really not doing their job as a night watchman because they're actively running away from a burglar at the joint that they're working for. Sure. Um, they run away from him. They collide with like a golden lion statue, which falls on top of them. Then the burglar gets scared. So he runs away from the the uh, the lion. There's a classic mix up, you know, just good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, then he gets wise. He sees that this is a ruse. Mm-hmm. So he knocks over a pot of noodles. Which the Scooby-Doo the wiki, the Scooby-Doo wiki refers to as a large pot of spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems incorrect. No, I mean, I mean, some look, they're not infallible. The, the contributors to the Scooby-Pedia. <laughs> Sometimes they miss the mark. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, then do you just knock over this large pot of spaghetti, which gets the boys all tangled up? Mm-hmm. Um, as he like, because the the burglar's like, well, I'm gonna this burglar's gonna bungle these buffoons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get all tangled up, and then uh, is it Scrappy or Scooby who makes the lasso? Scrappy saves the day with his lasso made out of spaghetti. And as I alluded to earlier, Mm -hmm. they don't know how (laughs) the tensile strength of various foods, a donut can be a tire and a noodle can be a lasso. Not only can the noodle be a lasso, not only can the noodle lasso a a grown human man, but it can lasso him and a full-size safe. I mean, who knows how many pounds that thing must weigh? Certainly more than this man as well. He can't um, lift it. It's on no. a cart. So they're both trapped in this lasso, and they hook him back. And there's like 10, 15 seconds left in this episode. And here we sit, thinking we're in the clear. <laughs> You know, oh right, maybe no. maybe just some little cultural things like like using the music, or whatever. That's like, yes. I mean, you can't blame him as nineteen eighty or whatever. And the robber, it, it is worth saying, it does appear to be a white man. Yes, yes. Which I mean, cultural appropriation certainly. You know, my culture is not your costume, but sure. <laughs> In this case, it is. Yeah, but uh, yes. Unfortunately, in the last breath of the episode. <laughs> We're introduced to the proprietor like, of the. Blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, Literally, that exact sting plays. We're introduced to the proprietor of the Chinese food factory, who is a Chinese person, mm-hmm. um, but you can tell by his voice. I I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I checked the casting information. Nope. And it is John Stevenson. Mm-hmm. You, want me to post, you want me to show you his, his face? <laughs> I'm looking at his face right now. He is also, as it turns out, the voice of the burglar. 
place of birth Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, not that there aren't you know Ooh. Chinese Americans in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but this sure. fellow is a real corn fred, corn fed you know young man. He is um, one of the whiter guys I've ever seen. I yeah. will say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the narrator of the Dragnet TV series. <laughs> Come on, surely the narrator of Dragnet wasn't a white guy. No. Um, by the way, let me just run down some other characters that he has voiced for um, Scooby-Doo. Um, and this is these are verbatim names of characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gypsy. Ooh. Witch Doctor Monotikitia. Ooh. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, lots of others. Aztec Statue Monster. Um, Mamba Wamba, the Voodoo Doctor. Um, just he voiced the, the he voiced the caveman from the he did voice the, the caveman. Where's the caveman? Mm-hmm. The ghost of Benedict Arnold. Uh, Sounds more apropos for him. I mean, probably the one that he's most treated for is the Phantom of Dixie. Is it right. literally the Southern United States? <laughs> yeah, he is like the Specter of the Confederacy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe shouldn't have been in this role. I mean, I think if they made if they remade this today, they might go for some alternative casting. I would hope so. I would hope so. But yeah, he serves them a, a big old Chinese feast. And Scrappy says. I'm just like you, uh, Scooby-Doo, Uncle Scooby. I used Mm -hmm. my noodle. Which is not true, I will say. Scooby did not use his brain a single time in this episode. (laughs) And and yeah, when he he says, I was just doing what my Uncle Scooby would do, I was instantly like, no, you didn't. He (laughs) would have run away. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. But that's the episode. That is the complete Scooby and Scrappy-Doo, Volume 2, Season 2, Episode 1. a close encounter with a strange kind. <laughs> a a fit night out for bats. With a strange kind. The Chinese Food Factory. That is the complete title, of course. Um, there is a great. Uh, I, I love you know. I love the uh, esoterica of wikis. Mm-hmm. And yes. on the article for the Chinese Food Factory, there is a italicized line at the top saying. This article is about the episode. For the location, <laughs> see Chinese Food Factory. And there is an article just about the Chinese Food Factory from <laughs> the Chinese Food Factory. Hey, look, it's a business in San Fran- in Chinatown, San Francisco. There you go. Certainly. We got our answer. We got our answer. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's discuss... Um, this uh well hang on we're going to rank each of these segments on the heavy metal tier list but first we have to play a little game called jinkies or stinkies Mm -hmm. now the way this game works is that each week i collect a series of six stories or facts related to a topic in the episode some of which will be true which are jinkies and some of which will be fake which are stinkies now the topic this week is chinese food oh no because uh, I could certainly and probably will at some point bring up a report on aliens and vampires, but that <laughs> makes it a little difficult to find what is 
objectively true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so we're doing Chinese food, mm-hmm. um, which I will start now. I'm concerned about this, I will say. Why? Just I feel like I if I do poorly, it reflects poorly on me. It is um, <laughs> literally your culture. <laughs> so, uh, half, half your, that's true. So if I get 50%, if you get 50, 50, then you're okay. in the clear. Okay. Yeah. That'll be what you oh, work. God. Even um, that feels like a high bar. <laughs> the Chinese food factory. Uh, this is Chinese food. So here we go. General So's. Is that how you say it? Zo? So? I guess so. Uh, general Zhou's uh, chicken is probably named after a real general from 19th century Hunan, but the dish itself was invented in a Taiwan restaurant in the 1950s. Though first made in a Taiwanese kitchen, the dish was originally authentically Chinese, as it was invented by Ping Chang Kui, a famous Hunanese chef. Um, Peng served meals for Chinese national banquets until 1949 when Mao Zedong took over the country. Uh, where he then made his daring escape. Pang's General Zhou's chicken does not resemble the modern-day dish as it was not sweet or fried, but the base of it was stolen by Sung Ting Wang, who introduced it to his New York City restaurant in the 1970s, <laughs> making it more palatable for Americans. In other words, making it less healthy. When shown examples of the Americanized General Zhou's, Ping said, this is all crazy nonsense. And that's a quote. <laughs> Is that a jinky or stinky? <laughs> it's it's an incredibly elaborate stinky, I will say, if it is one. I know... I didn't know that there was a real general so. Maybe. Maybe, yes. I did have a vague idea. I knew it was not originally Chinese, obviously. Um, and all the Americanization does sound does jive with what my understanding of the dish is. And so I think, you know, maybe there's a detail. I I guess if there was a stinky, it would be whether there was a real general. But (laughs) you're nodding. Uh, But I feel comfortable in saying that this is a jinky. I'm or a jinkies. This is a jinky. You are correct. Great (sighs) job. Thank you. Great job. All right. As proven by the episode we just watched, Chinese restaurants were well wedged into American culture by the 1980s, but that doesn't mean they didn't need to resort to gimmicks to stand out. Lots of ink has been spilled on Western Chinese restaurants adopting ornate architecture to replicate a dynastic era that may have never really even existed. The two pandas deli in Pasadena, California, however, opted to avoid pagodas and jade dragons for a different approach. Shane Hayashi, the owner of the restaurant, spent an adjusted $90,000 to hire two servers, Tanbo 1 and Tanbo 2, which were a pair of four and a half foot tall robots. First starting in 1983, the robots were programmed to, to deliver food, tell jokes, and respond to customer requests in English, Spanish, or Japanese, though curiously, not any dialect of Chinese. They were known for being unreliable, however, slurring their speech when their batteries ran down, prone to dropping things, and would spin in circles uncontrollably if there was a nearby radio turned on. Is this a jinky or stinky? 1983. I... Yep. (laughs) 
the error responses are the most evil part of this whole endeavor. <laughs> I will say. It's just like, you're like, uh-huh. I, Sorry, I, can- I will be silent. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine that there would be in 1983, I mean, like, of course, there's the famous, there's the Rocky Four robot, or is it Rocky Three? Um, of course, mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone famously said, I don't like the robot anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the great lines. I feel like the idea of a robot that ran on batteries that responded to, like, could have a conversation in multiple languages does not seem within the realm of possibility. And I'm therefore going to call this a stinkies. This is a true story. Um, I got it from Smithsonian magazine. um, And apparently they were not very good at taking orders. I would would imagine not. No, they would like, they were programmed to say like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're saying to me. If you, if you (laughs) like, they didn't understand what you were saying. Um, But yeah, they, were real. They were made in Japan and brought over to this Chinese restaurant in California. That is frankly unbelievable. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, all right. So you're at 50-50 so far. Oh, I hate this so much. Uh, all right. Here we go. In 1978, the Taco Bell fast food chain was purchased by PepsiCo. By 1980, Kenneth Sussman, an executive brand manager at PepsiCo, uh, was impressed by its dedicated customer base and wanted to branch out into other, more specialized cuisines for fast food ventures. His big idea? Chinese food. He created a restaurant called China Go, a drive through Chinese food joint that had some more standard Chinese food, as well as fast, fu- fast food fusion items to cater to American crowds. You could get a lo mein burger, Peking chicken, or fried rice fries. In many ways, it was ahead of its time, but things were maybe too good to be true. There were only three China Go restaurants opened in the Bay Area in 1981, which struggled to succeed due to the prominence of authentic Chinese food in San Francisco. The chain was ultimately closed down due to substandard quality meat. The executive chef for the China Go chain left PepsiCo and founded a little restaurant known as Panda Express in the San Fernando Valley in 1983. Uh-huh. Is this a jinky or stinky? The so again, using the method that I have already said does not work. Mm-hmm. I three jinkies in a row to start the game would be one of your more evil acts as a human being. Mm-hmm. Just that's part of it. <laughs> the. The low main burger. For the record, no one ever says if I've never said there's going to be three jinkies and three stinkies. It could be sure, any combination sure, sure, sure. of any of them. Of course, the the existence of a low main burger or fried rice fry, like that kind of fusion cuisine, I don't think would have been a thing at that time. And then the whole Panda Express. I I feel like. And again, this is the kind of thing that never works. I feel like you started with Panda Express and then worked your way backwards into this story about China Go, which is also a drive through. And I, for that reason, I'm going to call this a stinky. This is a stinky. I did make this one up. (sighs) I made that one up. 
praise Lord. Was I right that you were like, what would be a Panda Express thing? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I also first Googled, like, history of Panda Express. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't interesting enough to be its own story. Uh-huh. So, you're right that I do work backwards, but sometimes that doesn't right. mean that it's if fake. It, if it had been more interesting, then you would have. Right. Um, this next one is a short one. Okay. <laughs> you're probably aware that one of the key staples of Chinese food is tofu. But did you know that the first person recorded to have introduced tofu to the United States was none other than American founding father Benjamin Franklin? In a letter dated 1770, Franklin writes excitedly about a mysterious Chinese cheese called Taofu. He oh sent the God. cheese, which he described as being made from garbanzo beans, to his friend and fellow philosopher, John Bartram. As far as we know, this is the first time Tofu ever made it to American soil, and the rest, as they say, is history. Oh my God. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> That's what's really throwing me is I would I would believe 90% of this. It's just the him describing it as a type of cheese is crazy. Oh, I hate these so much. Okay. So it's Ben Franklin. He goes to China. That doesn't. Or. You you seem like you want to say something, but are are. No, I was just checking. I did not say where he went. I just said that you wrote. Right, 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 right. So I guess he could have. I don't. Maybe it's like in England. There's some Chinese people. Silk Road, etc. Or he was in Italy. Tout a, a cheese. I keep going back to the cheese. This all seems believable except for the cheese. But would you do that to me? As cruel as you are. I, my gut says this is a stinkies, but I have this great fear that you are trying to trap me. Oh, I'm going to say jinkies, but I'm not sure. This is a jinkies. It's a true story. The cheese too. The cheese. Wow. Yeah. Chinese cheese called Taofu. <laughs> Chickadee China. Yeah, and he was in London when he when he ate oh. it. I just forgot to include that. But yes. It's a huge win for me. All right, how so many, we got two more of these. Are we got there? two what left. Are you are Sorry. at three out of four so far. Okay. Two left. Okay, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm You're sad. Good. House money. The vast majority of sit-down Chinese restaurants in the United States are buffets, a method of dining that found itself at risk of extinction in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Faced with the one-two punch of buffet-style dining being deemed unsanitary and growing anti-Asian racism in the U.S., coronavirus paranoia hit the China Star restaurant in Tallahassee, Florida, very hard. The restaurateur Brian Lee came up with a plan. Ghost kitchens proved successful for other businesses, this being the act of creating a fake restaurant on mobile ordering sites such as Chuck E. Cheese's Pasquale Pizza. Lee took it a step further, changing the name from China Star to Freedom Star Cafe, advertising specifically to people disillusioned with the minimal lockdowns in place in the southern United States in 2020. Dishes available to order from the Freedom Star Cafe included mask-free dumplings and Patriot <laughs> Chicken. 
Lee said that the restaurant made more money during the pandemic than they ever had during typical operating conditions. Is this a jinky or something? I, again, I would be happy to be wrong here, but I fear that you have overplayed your hand with mask-free dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot... I think, you know, the idea is something, but mask-free dumplings is a bridge too far for me. <laughs> and it's like a, it is a more severe version of the garbanzo cheese. <laughs> and I must call this a stinkies. This one is a stinky, right? <laughs> mask-free dumplings is not a real thing. <laughs> Thank heaven. All right, there's only one more, which means you've already beaten 50-50. So, good. The queen. In a Medium article titled How a Fortune Cookie Killed My Mom, writer Jordan Heller explained how the fun takeout classic could be hazardous to the paranoid. Heller's overly superstitious mother loved fortune cookies, but she took them very seriously. No matter how many times Jordan tried to elucidate that fortunes were written by some American in an office somewhere, her mom still insisted that they had a powerful impact on her life. In fact, According to her, Jordan was born because she received, her mom received a fortune cookie that said, to have joy, you must bring joy into the world. Suffering from health complications her whole life, Jordan's mom was shocked to open a fortune cookie that read, keep an eye out for danger. You may receive dark skies ahead. She spent the next two days so distraught from this fortune that she could barely leave the house. But eventually, she couldn't take it anymore. Her heart gave out from the stress, and she passed away a few hours later at the age of 63. Jordan was encouraged by family members to seek legal action from the fortune cookie company, but she refused. She concludes her Medium article saying, I genuinely, believe, I genuinely believe my mother would have wanted this. She believed that everything happens for a reason, even if that reason is a bad fortune. Is this a jinky or a stinky? Wow. Well, I will say this sounds exactly like the kind of article you would see on Medium. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sort of like an autobiographical self-help mixed with a crazy story kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And so it does seem believable in that respect. And like, you know, if you're if you're if you were searching for something and you were just like fortune cookies, something, something, this might come up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many jinkies there have been when I know that uh, there's not a set number, but mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a jinkies for me. I, I can believe that someone wrote this article for sure. This is a fake story. I made this Ooh. up. I made this up. That was a good one. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Nina, you did really well. You did really well. Only missed two. Um, some great work there. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was Jinkies or Stinkies, which just leaves us with Ranking these three segments on our heavy metal tier list. Now I'll go through the tiers for you one more time. There are five tiers. Starting from the bottom is the rut row tier. It's the absolute worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel. Then up from there is the Scooby Dumb tier. It's for episodes we think are dumb. Then we have the middle of the road stuff. That is the just another mystery tier, or in this case, just another episode because there's no mystery. Mm-hmm. Then we have the groovy tier. It's for episodes that we'd like a lot, but just don't do enough to make it into the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the golden scoob tier. So let's start with Close Encounters with 
a strange kind. I mean, right from the episode title, you know you're Mm -hmm. in trouble. It really speaks to the creative bankruptcy that is exhibited by the episode. I think this is a rut row tier. I can't imagine what would be a worse episode of Scooby-Doo. Because like it it contains the hallmarks of Scooby-Doo. They're running around. There's some kind of creature. But also nothing happens. I will say this. I think this is a bad episode. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. as of this moment, we have yet to put an episode in rut row. <laughs> Do we think that this episode is bad enough to break the glass basement? <laughs> well, that is Vicky. Because like in my mind, I was like, well, this isn't one of the worst. But I was like, it did cause me to question whether or not I liked Scooby-Doo at all ever. (laughs) And I still am not entirely sure of the answer to that. But at the I can't imagine it is the worst Scooby-Doo episode ever and, or even the worst one you've covered. Right. And so for that reason, I suppose I would not put it at the, the bottom of the bottom and I would instead put it in a, a Scooby dumb because it is. Yeah. Scooby dumb is fair. It's not like, while I was watching it, I wasn't like, like I could suffer through the six minutes. You know what I mean? Sure, like I was maybe a little bored. Sure. <laughs> like I wasn't like, well, this is actively harming me. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Right. Um, There's so, probably a version of the Chinese food factory. That's a rut row. <laughs> now you're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, so yes, I think that Scooby Dumb is a good place for this one. What do we think for a fit night out for bats? I think this is a what's the what's the middle of the road one? Just another episode. I think this is like I'm going to call this a groovy minus because I think it's it is better than just another episode. It has like the vampire is really funny. Uh, I like when the picture winks. That made me laugh. Mm. There's some good moments. The donut tire is like a very so dumb that it's funny kind of thing. And so I think this is a this is a quality entry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> we will make a fake tier and put it in there. Groovy <laughs> minus is where this yeah, goes. You can, you can just put it in the group. It's a soft groovy. I, I, soft, you know, groovy soft groovy. I often, soft groovy. I often, and you know what? I think we have to do that because like how many groovies is Scooby and Scrappy do going to get really? Yeah. You know? It's certainly one of the groovier ones of those. I imagine I like to, yes. you know, when I'm, when I'm rating a movie, I'll often say like, it's a strong three or a soft three and a half. And I could go back and forth depending on my mood. I felt positively about this one. So it's a, a yeah. soft groovy. I'd hate to say we're grading on a curve, but we 100% are. So <laughs> sure. we're going to put it in there, which leaves us with the Chinese food factory. This what one. Are we doing here? This one, I don't know. See, the problem is it's clearly not in the same tier as A Close Encounter with a Strange Kind. It is very silly and dumb. Mm-hmm. But like things like the Relp on the mm-hmm. Fortune is very funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's something to it. That, like the, the problem with Close Encounter with a Strange Kind is like there's no story. There aren't really any jokes. They're really just running around. There are, there's a story and there are jokes in the Chinese food factory. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking that this is a just another episode episode. And it is just another mystery. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's right in between the other two, Mm -hmm. you know, and truly when it comes to this series in particular, I mean, this is could be one of a thousand. This could be exactly like Sop with Scooby for all we know. You know what I mean? This could be identical. Sure. So that's a perfect place for it. I think, you know, putting them in three different tiers in order of which ones we we like the most, you know, that's perfect. That's good. That's a good place to put it. So we did it. We did. We talked about three six minute shorts, uh, (laughs) scrappy dude for nearly two hours. We really nailed it. We go long around here. Yeah. I mean, look, are we the people to be the most in depth on this? <laughs> Perhaps more than the people who wrote the episodes themselves? Probably. I think we could write a better version of at least two out of three of these episodes. Unquestionably. Unquestionably. And that, I mean, that is, that's your heavy metal guarantee. You're going <laughs> to get some quality discussion of all of these things mm-hmm. um so thank you so much christina for joining me this week i really appreciate you coming on talk scooby and scrappy with me do you have mm-hmm. anything you want to plug for the people yeah you can follow me on twitter at seahouse and jan i mostly tweet about sports and stuff i guess sometimes about movies um i have two pot well actually three podcasts now um i have got the runs which is a uh, comics podcast i do with my brother we go through runs of different creators we just started covering marjan satrapi who wrote persepolis and we've also done brian k vaughn and scott mcleod which are fun so go listen to that i do a sports podcast with my friend griffin it's called high floor low ceiling follow us at hflc podcast it's sort of a general sports you know we'll probably talk some basketball this week we like to do fun segments we like to do you know drafting different things and things like that so we have fun on that one so if you're into sports check that one out and then a a forthcoming podcast which will probably not be released at the time of this episode but maybe people should keep an ear out for is bevy of bevies the podcast about consumable liquids which I do with our mutual friend, Colin Ashley. We're really excited about that one. Uh, the spring season <laughs> is will drop probably sometime this month, I imagine, or maybe in May, but we'll see. Um, where we talk about uh, every episode is dedicated to a certain beverage, and they are 20 minutes max. So if you are asleep right now <laughs> and are looking for a shorter podcast, then check out uh, Bevy of Bevies. Uh, absolutely keep an eye out for bevy of bevy's uh featuring co-host colin ashley who mm-hmm. will be on heavy Ooh. metal next week wow for april with returning guest to the show wow daniel foster it's time to to maybe bury a hatchet i don't know certainly face some music that's unquestionable wow. um and We've invited Colin along to make sure that we <laughs> don't, uh, or that we're not too mean to each other, <laughs> because uh, some things happened the last time that Daniel was on this show, and we are going to hash them out on wow. the air and talk about a vampire episode of Scooby Doo because it is vampiral baby. It's we're in the middle of it, and we are rocking and rolling. So keep an eye out for next week for. Vampire Bats and Scaredy Cats, an episode of 
The Scooby-Doo Show featuring guests Colin Ashley and Daniel Foster. If you would like to follow me, you can do so at the Real Brundine on Twitter. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod on Twitter. If you like this show, tell your friends. Word of mouth word of mouth is a great way to grow niche podcasts like this. Um, you know, I know everyone's looking up vampires because of Morbius and they're all mm-hmm. feeling the spirit of April. But sometimes you know, not everyone's looking up Scooby-Doo, but if you know somebody you think might enjoy this podcast, let them know. It's a weekly show. Each week, the guest changes, but I will always be here. And um, thank you one more time to Christina for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. And to all you meddling kids out there, remember to stay groovy. Bye now. That's the end. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Ha, 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 ha.